0: Welcome to the Social Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Missy. Thank you for listening. In this week's episode, we talked with Derek Wetmore and Seth Auger, two content creators for the brand new brand, Score North here in Minneapolis. We talked with them about taking a 100-year-old brand and converting it to fit into a social media and digital-friendly world. So let's get into this week's episode number 71, Reinventing a Legacy Brand, Rebranding Tips from a 100-Year-Old Radio Station. So today we have with us Derek Wetmore, who's the assistant content director for Score North. And we also have with us Seth Auger, who's a social media brand manager at Score North. They recently rebranded a huge rebrand, which was like top secret here in the Hubbard Walls. Yes. Going from what once was 1500 ESPN to now Score North. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to grill you guys on what it takes to rebrand A brand that's been around for
1: almost a hundred years,
0: almost a hundred years and what that looks like. So the first question is, what were some of, well, let's talk about first, why did you rebrand?
1: Sure. I guess I can take that one, Seth. Um, We had been 1500 ESPN for the better part of nine years, had rebranded from 1500 AM, which was a uh, news talk station. And the home of sports talk, frankly, I mean, is in this market anyways, Minneapolis, St. Paul, it was one of, if not the very first to put sports talk, regular sports talk in a weekly radio schedule, uh, kind of around that time in the mid 80s when everyone was talking about sports will never work. Um, even, even ESPN would be a part of that conversation, like, oh, you're going to put sports on TV that'll never survive. And sure enough, fast forward, 2019 sports is a huge part of the landscape, um, in TV and in radio, but the long story short of why the rebrand, we know that we need to focus on succeeding in places beyond AM radio. We, we are still going to try to succeed in that space. But we know that to be a viable sports brand for the next 10, 15, 20 years going into the future, it's going to take a lot more than doing well on the AM dial. So that's the long answer sort of condensed is the best way to to move forward we thought was to reposition ourselves and that's why we're Score North.
0: Well, and I think that's really important too for any brand listening, you know, you need to, over the years, reinvent yourself. And yeah. that's exactly what you guys are doing right now. And we had Phil Mackey who is Derek's counterpart on a, the podcast a few months ago now and he wasn't able to share with us the name and what was <laughs> happening. So it was kind of like a, a teaser Good. to what we can now talk about everything. Yeah. It's out in the open. <laughs> how long have you guys been planning this rebrand?
1: Uh, people above me, probably longer, but I started in earnest in August talking about what does this look like? What would a digital format sports talk radio station look like? How could we use our you know legacy heritage signal on 1500 AM? How could we use that to amplify our efforts and what we're doing in the digital space? But I'd say, yeah, we're coming up on five months for how long this sort of project has been First under wraps and now unveiled to the public.
0: And talk about like your process. Like I want to get into like the inner workings of your brain with how you did this. So you decide you're going to do a rebrand. August is kind of like, all right, let's start getting this stuff together. What did, what was that timeline looking like?
1: How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Because, uh, and and Phil Mackey much more than myself, but that just the monumental effort required to take all the day-to-day stuff at a radio station and and a company beyond that, you know, Hubbard's much, much more than just talk shows on a radio. So how do you, how do you take all of those and advance them? All kind of at once is the challenge. Um, There's a lot of things to think about from radio clocks and the programming that's involved there from talent acquisition. We went to other markets and brought people in. We went to other companies in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Um, and surrounding metro areas to scour for talent and we brought in Seth who had formerly worked for the Minnesota Timberwolves running some of their social media efforts and I think the scouting and recruiting and the vetting process is what I'll remember about that whole interim period but there's just so much from a day-to-day like Who's gonna Who's gonna decide what the radio schedule looks like? Who's gonna decide what the web schedule looks like? Who's in charge of that? Who's making sure hiring is driving forward every single day? Um, who's making sure that we've got the right people? All of these sort of things that I don't know they 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 make up a big extensive process. And if you ask me to repeat the process like from day one, I, I'm not sure I could articulate it very well for you. I just I think Phil uses the metaphor um, that we were kind of drinking from a fire hose for a couple of weeks there, a couple of months of, okay, there are just too many tasks to do. We'll do as many of them as we can today and we'll show up tomorrow and do it again. And it's kind of only now started to feel like it's settled down because we launched last week. So we're at the starting line now, ready to run another race.
0: So as part of this rebranding process, you mentioned you've hired a lot of new team members, um, and changed up what that overall, um, you know, brand looks like. So, Seth, when have you? When did you start at Harvard?
2: Uh, November nineteenth.
1: So okay, so a few when now.
0: when you were hiring Derek, were you allowed to tell him like what the brand was when you were hiring people? Uh, no. So <laughs> yeah. Seth- he signed up blind. <laughs> <laughs> so, Seth, you're just kind of like, um, so I'm gonna work for some type of sports thing, just not sure what it is yet. Like, how does that? How does that process work? You know?
2: <laughs> it it was confusing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, you know, I came in and I was doing um, 1500 ESPN things and kind of adding a little bit more to that, but I couldn't go like full change yet. Um, because we were kind of waiting for the the new brand to do that. So, um, it's kind of like, you know, two month period where I was just kind of, you know, waiting in the water for the rebrand. Um, and yeah, like I had it much easier than you because you went through that whole process and I came in, I didn't even find out what the brand was until a little before Christmas. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that sounds much harder than what I had to do. <laughs> no,
1: well, Seth was we put Seth in a bit of a tough spot cuz he was one of our first hires. We we circled this and said this is a priority for us. Let's get this done. And even that the process probably took I I don't remember from the first time we contacted you to when you were working for us. It was a it was a long process. Yeah. Uh more than a month? Yeah, I think it was end of August that we first contacted Sure. So so even just to give you an idea guys of that timeline is like knowing that was one of our top priorities that if we're going to do this digital first broadcast company like we need to have our social game on point, and that's why we brought Seth in. So it, even though that was priority, it still was a while before that happened. Just the inner workings of growing. But I, the one thing I wanted to add is that like Seth came in while we were still fifteen hundred ESPN Twin Cities, but with the understanding that hey, you know, do good work, help <laughs> us get our social game up, but. In the very near future, this is going to be something different, and that's why we're bringing you in. So it's kind of like I feel bad for Seth a little bit. It's like he had to sort of play in this mystery game for a while, and now finally we're score north and he can – sort of flexes muscles on social media. Where
0: do you work? I don't know really yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can say, you can always say Hubbard. You yeah, can say Hubbard, Hubbard yeah. Broadcasting.
1: Yep. When I had interview people, that's what we'd say. We'd be like, "Yeah, so this is an interview for Hubbard Broadcasting in <laughs> Minneapolis, St. Paul." They're like, "Oh, ESPN Twin Cities." I was like, "Well,
0: <laughs> kind of.
1: How much time do you have?" So.
0: So from a social perspective, Seth, when you are la- when you're doing a rebrand, so you- we already have all the channels established for 1500 ESPN. How like, did you kind of have a, okay, this is the day, we're gonna swap everything over, we're gonna change up the graphics and creative, or was it kind of like a trickle effect and you slowly started integrating? What did that look like?
1: Um,
2: it was definitely a team effort. Um, we had plenty of meetings, you know, kind of like, you know, how do we um, change our Twitter handle without losing our verification? I was and, like, all oh, those Twitter um, followers, like, makes <laughs> yes, me cringe, yes. ah! <laughs> uh, So, you know, we reached out to some Twitter contacts and um, preparing a video prior and, um, getting graphics, like teasing the logo a little bit with our new colors. Um, Yeah. It was just kind of a lot of, a lot of planning um, that went into it.
1: Yeah. How many meetings do you think just about that very, which sounds Missy, like a simple topic. And I know, you know, it's not, but how, how many meetings did we have about, okay, on January 15th, what's going to be different and how (laughs) do we get there? It wasn't just one, but I'm trying. I'm probably like two a week for a month. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would have said somewhere between six and twelve meetings yeah. about yep. what is our social game gonna look like on this day and and what needs to be done to get there. It was uh, yeah, a lot of meetings.
0: So as far as branding goes, because I mean, again, you guys completely switched it. Like the hour ESPN had, was like red and white and black, and the new branding is like blues and pops of yellow what what made you decide with those colors did you consult with someone did you kind of look at other competitors what are that that was, that was process?
1: um internal meetings so creative people in the company um basically got together and said what do we want this to say what does this logo need to say to people i guess the, the shortest way i can say it is like we were trying to differentiate ourselves from what we had been because that's always sort of the concern is oh, you're just a you're just different colors in a different name and or so much more than that. So we wanted to be able to communicate that with a logo and with colors and stuff. And he, that even goes back to the name. Frankly, we, we spent a lot of time figuring out how can we say what we're trying to be, which is Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. What, what would you even call that? How do you say Minnesota? How do you say sports without saying Minnesota or sports? Um, it was a lot of uh, hand wringing for the first couple of weeks, but uh, we set all on some names and colors that I feel really confident with, and and now we're this band trying to make our name sound cool. <laughs> it's like the band always makes the name. <laughs> so with with the colors of the logo and stuff, um, you're connected
3: to all of the Minnesota sports, and so not only do you have the blue and yellow and white of the main Score North brand, but You also, I think, did a fantastic job of coming up with secondary logos and colors for each of the sports brands. What do you? I mean, what what was the thought process behind that? What are you hoping that accomplishes? How often do you use primary colors versus sports colors stuff like that? How does that play into it?
2: Yeah, um, from a social standpoint, it was pretty cool. Um, So obviously, we want to you know appeal to fans of every team in this market. Um, So a week prior to launching we would, like I said, we were teasing uh, the logo a little bit and we would use those logos of the team colors, like wolves one day, twins one day, Vikings one day, um, to just tease the the release, um, just to show people like, Hey, we're going to be covering your team. Um, and I think that went over really well. Yeah. Um, as far as using them, um, on a daily basis, we haven't done a whole lot of that yet, except for, um, you know, using you know, twins, uh, coloring for, you know, like a touch mall podcast, um,
1: Vikings coloring for purple podcast. Sure. Well, uh, I just add on top of that too, Seth is like the week leading up to it was awesome to be able to have that. Hey, just so you know, we're going to be talking Minnesota United. Here's our logo with Minnesota United colors. Same for Vikings, same for twins, gophers on and on but then we also have the flexibility pat in the future to oh we're doing a very twin centric thing maybe it's for a client or maybe we're doing something with the twins in partnership uh putting on this event for the their community fund or something well cool once we got a little brand recognition and people have seen the logo and know what that means using the twins colors is kind of a fun little twist on that and really though we'd only be using it to benefit our partners we're right now in the stage of brand recognition. So that's gonna be that's gonna be our uphill climb for 2019 for sure.
0: As far as um you guys had also launched that great video as a teaser to introduce Score North. So obviously we're on a podcast, so I can't show it. We'll put it in the show notes on our website. But can you describe the overall feeling of that video and how you came up with that concept?
1: Yeah, that was Seth kind of point guarding what we had taken in radio and we had a production and imaging genius put this thing together and say, okay, working with our sound guy, here's, here's kind of the essence we're trying to capture. They wrote up a script. They said perfectly, like couldn't have encapsulated the brand better in 60 seconds. Um, then Seth took that sound and was like, okay, how can we make this for social? So I'll let you tell that part of the story then.
2: Yeah. Um. So yeah, this clip, this audio clip is basically saying, Um, you know, Minnesota fans, like we've been through a lot, Um, you know, Minnesota sports, a lot of, a lot of memories, good and bad. Um, So it was kind of talking about all that and saying like, we're here with you. Um, And so in my mind, I was like, you know, just photos or videos of those moments. um, And then just like intertwining our brand in that I thought would be really cool. And uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. it, it turned out really well.
1: And yeah, I had the good fortune of working with a a videographer and social graphics and stuff like that in-house at hubbard to be able to take that thing using seth's vision and the sound that we already sort of had and bring that thing to life for a social audience so we didn't want to just put out a 60 second soundbite with a picture it's video and it's minnesota and it's it's a pretty cool video i'm glad you're able to share that with with listeners
0: what um how, how have you promoted that video so you posted it on social have you done any paid advertising are you promoted it anywhere else
2: yeah uh we did paid advertising on facebook and on instagram um
0: and as far as your social channels that you're for score north are you guys focused on like i know twitter's a huge one with the sports fans but sure. facebook twitter insta is there any other ones you're focused on we just started
1: a twitch account yep. oh
0: all right kind YouTube. of for
1: kicks youtube is a big one for us we do a live uh stream of vikings content monday through friday 52 weeks a year um so every day at noon you know you can be on our youtube channel and you're gonna find vikings talk um but you hit on the big ones we've got seth sort of working on a prioritized list so you'd be better informed to speak to this but We talk like seven, eight channels that we're really putting full energy daily focus into, including radio. On
0: this podcast, we talk a lot about like your main ones, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We haven't touched a lot on YouTube though and Twitch. So can you talk a little bit about your strategy behind those? because I'm just kind of curious, especially yeah. Twitch. And can you explain what Twitch is? Because a lot of the listeners probably have no clue. Sure, <laughs>
1: I'll handle Twitch, and then you go ahead for the for YouTube and kind of what <laughs> we're doing to grow there. Twitch is really popular with gamers. Is that's that's kind of how I came. Wasn't across Drake it. on
0: Twitch? That's all I knew about it. Drake was on <laughs> Twitch.
1: That's where you've heard of this guy Ninja. Ninja got huge because of Twitch, and it's I don't know. I'm bullish on it as a platform, Missy, but I'm really. I'm not sure what it's going to look like in five years, but that's kind of the whole essence of what we're doing here at Score North. Like we don't have a huge presence on Twitch yet, but we're curious. So we're going to get in there and we're going to figure it out and we're going to try to build audience there. And we, I mean, we reserve the right to, if a platform is not working for us for whatever reason, if Twitter cuts off its reach tomorrow, that's fine. We're going to work on other avenues. Um, So Twitch is just, yeah, kind of a streaming platform where you would watch You'd watch someone playing video games and giving their own running commentary, which sounds like kind of <laughs> laughable, right? If if you're not on it, but you should see the time spent watching on some of these. Some of the metrics for a platform like Twitch are bananas, and it's skew's a lot younger, so and you more male
0: focused. Yeah, as I well. think
1: I think that might be. Um, residual effect of the fact that video games are so popular on there and less so that the platform is like geared towards males um, but right now it is definitely young male, like 18 year old 14 to 18 year old male i heard is kind of like the sweet spot demo in there and i don't know if that's true or not but um so we're kind of playing around with it the others we're taking i would say a little more seriously in full daily content um twitch is just kind of exploratory for us but YouTube is something that Seth's been really involved in too as we, as we grow um, that we started really modest. So I'll, I'll let you pick it up from there.
2: Yeah. um, I mean, obviously going from radio to digital, it's basically going audio to visual. Um, So we wanted to add uh, video content to our platforms. And I think that's where YouTube comes in like big time. Um, Live streaming shows uh, has been huge on Twitter and on YouTube. Um, I'm not sure of the exact numbers of subscribers, but I know that we've
1: what, doubled? Since? Yeah, I think we started at about 1,500 subscribers on YouTube, just as it was kind of a moonlight effort. Mm-hmm. And at yeah, last time I checked, we were knocking on the door for 3,000. And that's just going to keep, I mean, we've been a brand for two weeks. Yeah, I was like, so that's amazing. It's going to keep growing. Yeah, we think that's a pretty, that's a good big goal for us in 2019 is to boost our audience there. Yeah.
0: Love it. Is there like a certain, like, I know if you have a certain subscriber amount and I'm not quite sure what it is, can't you like monetize your videos? Is that something you guys think you'll do down the line or are you like, no, we're just going to do in sponsored content?
1: If you have something to add to this, feel free, Seth. But right now our primary objective is not monetization. Our objective, at least in the near future is growth. We need to get this brand in front of people. So we're exploring every single way we can do that seven days a week. It's Okay. Twitter's great. And you send a tweet out and that's great, but you're talking to your little bubble of people. Now, how do we expand that 10 X 50 X in different platforms? YouTube for us is a growth and discovery platform. Um, if it leads to monetization down the line, great. It's not our focus right now, but we're also not naive to the fact that like businesses make money. So I think that cutoff is 10,000 if I'm not wrong. Okay, I was going to
0: say, 10,000 rings to me too. I wasn't sure though. So
1: we just, we have sort of short-term goals on like getting our subscriber count out, but we don't talk, in the office, we're not talking about like, oh, someday we'll get Google AdWords on here. We'll make a penny (laughs) per blah. No. And we're not talking like cost per thousands. We're talking about how do we reach Minnesota sports fans in the platforms that they live and deliver them the best content that we can. That's... I mean, that's we have that conversation around the office, like very openly. Um, So, yeah, I guess I'd just say we have more of a growth mindset than a uh, capitalize on the monetary side right now.
0: Would you say from a social media um, standpoint with all the different channels you're on? Do you have do you notice that one like just really helps push you out more than the other ones? Like I'm going to just say Twitter, for example, because you guys have a huge following on there. What are you up to for Twitter followers now?
2: uh 34,000.
0: 34,000. Yep. So when you send out a tweet, do you notice all of a sudden this like surge of traffic back to the website or is it Facebook that's more driving that? Which, you know, is there a certain channel that's kind of bringing in more of that?
2: Um I'd say Twitter for sure. Okay. Um that's kind of where you get the most interaction. Um that's where you can kind of play around with things a little more. Um other people's tweets, other people's videos kind of just intertwining a lot of things. Um so the engagement on Twitter is awesome. Uh so we can, you know, put out something that you know, Barstool Sports or something tweets out. Um, and then after, you know, maybe link one of our podcasts to it. And we see a lot of traffic from
1: that. Yeah. Well, I'd just say too, it's like built in from 1500 ESPN took Twitter very seriously. And it was the one maybe social medium that it was part of, it was a core competency to what we did. We did basically radio and Twitter. So that audience is a little bigger, relatively speaking. And I think of this as like, what's your average. 25 year old guy doing throughout the day when he's at work is like kind of lives on Twitter. It's always open in a tab. It's, it's like maybe Twitter and Reddit are open in two tabs and then work in the third tab. <laughs> so when the boss comes by, you click over to that tab and otherwise you're living on Twitter. These other platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, those are more sporadic engagement whereas i really feel like the sports audience that we're targeting kind of just lives on twitter that might help explain too why we get so much more traffic from from those places i agree
0: when you did your rebrand did you have because you knew twitter was such a like dedicated audience did you have like a specific a different strategy for twitter versus the other social channels or were you like we're just going to push this out and kind of see how people react to it go
1: ahead seth
2: um well like I was saying before, like the teasing, you know, other teams' logos and all that stuff, that was just strictly on Twitter. Um, yeah, on Facebook and Instagram. Well, Instagram, we actually completely... We had to start over yeah, on we Instagram. started over on <gasps> yeah. Instagram. Oh,
0: no!
1: Well, we Which didn't means, lose that much. We didn't take it that seriously oh, okay. in the past, so... <laughs> it wasn't that hard of a decision to start over, but we did lose some followers.
0: That's another great point. Um, what, like, issues did you guys run into? Obviously... Start a new instagram account that kind of sucks having to read followers
1: yeah that i mean
0: but was there any other big issues that you had when you switched brands
1: facebook flipping was a challenge for us they we, we were working with somebody at facebook um that we got through a connection at work and like she was super helpful and just wanted to get us this brand but it was a challenge in that everything we said online about us was 1500 espn 1500 espn well, here's our website, we can point you there, here's our app, it was all 1500 ESPN. So I think that threw a flag up that said, hold on a second, what are we?
0: Trying to bait and switch me here? Really
1: is what it felt like, I think, on their side of things. So it, it ended up getting caught in the wash for like a week before we could actually change our Twitter name. And a couple of the accounts, Missy, we were just squatting on them and saying like, hey, we'll reserve this, you know, Phil probably reserved them months in advance because he's very detail oriented and thought, well, one day this is gonna be an issue um, Instagram was really the only one that was a, we had a fatal blow. Everything else worked fine. And now that we're two weeks in, it's like smooth sailing. I, unless I'm missing something there, Seth.
2: Nope. I completely agree.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I just say you, you had asked something else in that question, Missy, that I wanted to circle back on of, do we have like a different strategy mm-hmm. and on the flip, not, not really on the ongoing basis. I just think we, Our strategy, if you want to call it that, is like treat each medium as its own platform. We can't just do a 60-minute radio show and say, okay, good, that's an Instagram post. No, it's not. Okay, good, that'll go on Facebook. No, that's not how it works. You're not going to maximize. You know, We're trying to be as efficient as we can with the stuff that we're already doing. Uh, this, This sort of maybe naive bet, but the bet that we're making is like our sports content is good. So now step two, if we believe that, how do we share it with people on these different platforms? And the Twitter strategy is what? Just flood it and make jokes. (laughs) Like if you could summarize it in two lines, flood Twitter, make jokes, be snarky and funny. Facebook's completely different in terms of volume of post and tone of post. Instagram's way different. You can use the stories function differently than you might use the posts function. and Twitch we're still just learning what our strategy is there. We don't really know yet. We're kind of forging new ground, but I don't know. I wanted to circle back on that that like yes, our Twitter strategy is different, but we sort of have a different strategy for every medium to try to capitalize on that growth.
3: So with with each platform having its own strategy and are you are you posting the same content to the different platforms or is it like oh this this article that was written is definitely going out on Twitter but it's not going out anywhere else or, sure. or this clip from so and so show has got to be on Instagram but not anywhere like yeah. how does how does that play out because you guys are constantly writing and live radio shows so there's no shortage of content sure. how does that get shared
1: yeah so let's let's give them an example Seth so like alright I'll do a midweek twins show and we've got two hosts and a producer that's on their radio that's platform one because by the way, we say like we're we're more than just a radio station, but at the end of the day, we are still just a radio station trying to get the word out. I mean, that's that's our bread and butter is broadcast. So sorry, I'll I'll say step one is twins. Uh, Joe Mauer comes on and announces that he's retiring from baseball. Oh my gosh! Well, that's big news on formerly 1500 ESPN, currently Score North. That didn't actually happen, but let's just go with it as an example. Fake news alert. Yeah, (laughs) We're of course going to, (laughs) then that's a podcast. So it lives on demand online. So anyone can find it, even if you weren't tuned in to the AM radio dial at the exact time that happened. Once we have that, those first two are covered. And then Seth, I'll let you take it from there on. How would we take that little interview and try and share it out with as many people as possible?
2: Yeah. um, I'd say for all platforms, well, Actually, Facebook and Twitter, um, you know, an article like linking to the podcast. That's that's one thing. Yeah. Um, taking a specific quote from the podcast that say Joe Jomar was on and he said something, <laughs> making a graphic of that, posting that on Instagram. That's a good example, too. Um, we have these things called audiograms that um, Declan and myself make uh, that is, you know, audio clips from the podcasts and the radio shows. Um, that always do well on all three platforms. Um, So those are like
1: clipped highlights. There is a visual component, and then there's a transcribed sound clip of roughly two minutes or whatever on there of Joe saying he's walking away, for example. And that, that way, like in the past, we might have said, oh my gosh, Joe Maurer was just on our radio station. We might tweet it and say, he was just here and he announced he's retiring. Well, but now you don't have to have been on Twitter or on the radio to have found that message from us. We might put it on Instagram, like Seth said, and put some money behind that post so that people outside of our bubble are also seeing that. And then the hope there is some percentage of them are curious on Minnesota sports content. Oh, there's a, there's a sports brand that's doing this stuff. I should follow these guys. So
2: basically if there's big news, we're going to hit you with it in multiple ways on multiple platforms,
1: push notifications. I forgot to, cause yep. the app is one of our big platforms. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's there are a lot of different ways that we try to get that news out there. But sort of to Pat's point, like there is a threshold. We're not going to do that for if we write 10 articles a day. And do seven hours of live content Monday through Friday. We're not going to be able to give each the same treatment. Mm -hmm. So if it's just a mundane twin show or a Viking show that there's not a huge headline grab. Well, then maybe we're not going to make it into a big Instagram boost. We're not going to go to Facebook with it and try to hit it all day. Um, we're not going to keep cross-referencing it on other radio shows to try to cross-promote that way. But some of those things do rise to that level. And we when, when we sense that we're at sort of the top of one of those waves, we really try to amplify that as much as we can. I don't know if that makes sense. You sounded good though.
0: <laughs> it totally makes sense. You mentioned a few things in there. So we've really focused on social media on this podcast and with the rebrand, but what other marketing channels? You had mentioned the app with push notifications, sharing it on other shows to tease it. Is there any other marketing efforts you guys are doing, whether that's billboards or anything like that to push that message out?
1: Right now it's internal. We're really cross promoting on our live content stuff that we do for stories or podcasts we are running um we do dynamically insert ads so we because i mean we're a radio company so this is kind of bread and butter for us we'll do a 30 second hey this is seth and derek for the social feed podcast you should check it out on da 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 here's where you can find it and please subscribe We can cut that up.
0: We got to use that clip (laughs) for ours. are you marking that track? Taking that. Track mark that.
1: What time did I say that? (laughs) So then you take that and that's a little 15 second or 30 second sort of advertisement promotion. We can dynamically insert that across all of our content basically in real time. So now that that very soundbite might appear on 12 other podcasts tonight. Um, We can push that in, pull it out basically anytime we want to. Um, so there are some fun things like that that we do to promote it, Missy. But so far we are focused on sort of that organic or or internal growth in addition to the paid posts that Seth mentioned earlier. Yeah. But we don't have a billboard on thirty five W yet. Maybe that's twenty twenty.
2: Our billboard money
1: is now ad money on yeah Facebook. Yeah, Instagram. honestly. Yep. Like yeah, there there are going to be ways we can promote it more in the future. But in in terms of the first two weeks of what we've done, really, it's just we're we're trying to hit the what's what's phil always say he's like we're trying to get the blocking and tackling down before we start working him on like play action passes phil really loves dumb sports like, it's,
0: of course it's for, he is, was giving us bachelorette analogies last time those
1: are his two wheelhouses <laughs> yeah if you know phil mackey that is like that sums it up right there
0: um is there anything that we can look forward to in that you can share with us i'll say sure. um in the next three months six months with this rebrand that we don't know about already that we haven't talked about I asked Phil this, and he's like, I can't tell you anything last yeah, time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, well, we, we're we focused really hard on making our team-centric, we call them verticals. Like, if, if your Vikings vertical might be a Viking show at noon, a podcast at night, a YouTube live stream, Instagram, social visual. Like, there, there are a lot of things that you do to serve Vikings fans in addition to written articles and columns and stuff. Um, We do that for pretty much every team in town for Minnesota sports. So I think the best way I can say this, because you said only things I can share this, (laughs) this one, I got to be a little guarded, but we're going to do some cool things this upcoming year that go uh, above and beyond just the, Hey, here's the news of the day. And here's what we think about it. We really want to capture that, you know, moment of interest for the Minnesota sports fan. And, i um, trying not to overshare here what the kinds of content that they would enjoy that goes beyond daily sports talk radio. We'll still do that 365 days a year, but how can we be more than that? How can we be more than just a sports talk radio company? That's kind of. That and growth are two focuses in 2019. I guess I, it's not really some tease or fun thing, but if you're a Minnesota sports fan, I think you've got a lot to look forward to. I don't even know if I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then,
2: then I did a good job
1: of guarding it. Nice.
0: It's been really cool like watching from the sidelines you guys – you know, it was like this secretive thing in the building and no one knew, but they knew something big was going to happen. And then to watch it be executed and see the teaser videos and all the social content going out. It's been amazing taking, I mean, just taking a hundred year old brand and completely rebranding it. I thought this was a great case study to have you guys on because I'm sure a lot of businesses out there have brands that have been around for a long time and they're looking at doing something like this. So they think this will be really helpful.
1: Yeah. No, thank you for having us on. And it was, I I should say too, that those other businesses in mind, we don't take lightly the fact that 1500 AM took the airwaves in 1925. Like this is a legacy heritage station for this company, and it Hubbard Broadcasting has started to grow a lot. But like this is where it started, and you walk around our building and you you see that, and you get a very real sense for that. And it as we look forward to the future, of course, there's also this element of we don't forget where we've come from here. So I don't think you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater if you are a sort of legacy or heritage company. Um, but the way we kind of think about it is like, if we're not willing to disrupt ourselves, somebody else will. So I'd rather we're the ones doing this and being forward thinking and figuring out these distribution models. Um, it's sometimes it's easier said than done, but I think we've found a blend here of, of a legacy company, a heritage company, sort of taking that, scary bold next step so anyways I appreciate you having us on Missy it's been a lot of fun thank you so much
0: Um, all the links we talked about in today's podcast will be in the show notes at socialfeedpodcast.com slash EP71 make sure to subscribe to the social feed podcast with Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player to get a brand new episode delivered right to you every Wednesday thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next week
2: the social feed is a production of Hubbard
3: Interactive with music provided by Minneapolis based artist John Atwell